it was hard. You're like, oh gosh, hey, we'll try to Stressful. do our best, but we don't. You, even you as an agent, the, you're like, they're, they're in a I can't movie predict van the market. All ready to go, you know? like. Is it fun there? <laughs> it, yeah, it's the it, lender has like you know a, it is stressful. Clear to close. Welcome to the iBuyer Experiment. There is so much going on. We have a jam-packed episode for you today. Let's start with the Silicon Valley Bank collapse because it has been all the news over the past few days and. What do we know? What do we know about Silicon Valley Bank collapse? I think we're all still trying to figure it out. There's a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot of different things out there. A lot of different, a lot of different information. Yeah. So, I mean, some I I've li- I listen to a lot of independent media podcasts. You know that you wouldn't consider mainstream, and they definitely have uh, their own thoughts of. What, how, what's going on, which is probably a little di- bit different than the typical narrative. So, well, the, the typical narrative was that there was a bank run and regulators came in and shut down Silicon Valley Bank on Friday. And what we learned was is that they had purchased just an astronomical amount of mortgage-backed securities back when interest rates were near zero. And the yield on them was a percent, percent and a half. And so they just didn't have the capital to cover um, their their deposits. And so when that happened, uh, kind of what we learned is a lot of the startups in Silicon Valley started, the word started to spread, like, take your money out, take your money out. And Silicon Valley Bank is notorious for being a startup bank. So they were um, the bank for Open Door when they started. In fact, one of the, the early founders of Open Door, Keith Raboy, had tweeted a few years ago, like, thanks to Silicon Valley Bank for getting Open Door um, up, because if it wasn't for them, Open Door probably wouldn't be what Open Door is today. So we know that they were heavily invested or heavily uh, in an integral part of a lot of technology uh, companies. Yeah, yeah. We had we had a couple of companies that we work with, partners, that uh, basically said, don't send us your payments anymore. You know, send them over here or figure it out later, because... Um, they were, obviously they they bank with Silicon Valley Bank, so it's kind of affected as well. Yeah, it was. I don't know how about you guys, but when we got those emails, I was like, "Oh my goodness! Like we're a part of this. This is crazy." Yeah, it's uh, one of the um, podcasts that I had listened to for for startups. They were saying not only for just the tech world, but I guess I, I didn't verify this number. Of, I'm taking his, you know, word for the information that was that that he put out on the podcast. There was over 500 startup of alternative and clean energy companies that they invested in. So he had some of the people that were on that podcast were thinking that it goes a lot deeper than maybe there was a lot of bad investments that were made, and you know, that all as as people keep digging into it it might come out that like hey you guys made some really bad investments here and then of course you know there's people who think they should be bailed out and there's people who don't think they should but it doesn't really seem like they're trying to call it a bailout no they're Even not it it's is a, a bailout it's a backstop it's a it's, ba- it's a bailout it's a backstop <laughs> well they're saying no taxpayer dollars will go towards the um making the depositors whole how's that possible they're they're saying that it's coming from DIF. Um, it's, I don't know what it stands for. It's the the Federal Insurance Fund. 
and they're going to basically charge banks fees and they have enough in the diff account to cover these depositors so we're thinking that you know if, if that's the case then they're saying that's not going to be taxpayer money but it's interesting too because you're also reading about the bonuses that a lot of these executives at silicon valley bank received last year and um, they just got their bonuses last week oh if they um, knew it they cashed out like Almost $4 million worth of their stocks. Yeah. That's not coincidental at all. Yeah. So there's probably going to be, uh, <laughs> there's going to be some repercussions for those individuals. I would not want to be them. Uh, but, you know, I think what I found to be very interesting was when you start to hear the commentary on why this happened and what's what's going to happen going forward, you start to learn that the Fed raising the federal fund rate by 75 basis points over and over again last year really had a negative impact on these banks and their liquidity profiles. And so what what I found to be interesting is this could have an impact on mortgage rates, could make mortgage rates go down, which it already has. It has, yeah. So what we know is when mortgage rates go down, we're going to have more buyers into the marketplace. When more buyers come into the marketplace, they're going to be choosing from a very limited number of homes available, right? And yep. what's going to happen to the real estate market? That's what I want to touch on. I think we're going to see a boom, right? Big boom right now. I don't know. A little boom? A micro boom? <laughs> a little I micro think boom. It's, I think yeah, that's... We'll it was ahead. at like seven percent. Now we're yeah. like at six and a half. So oh, like it went two days. It went went down a half half point to almost point seven five percent. And um, I mean, it's it's the ten year treasury is going up a little bit more tonight today, but um, barely though, like just um, a little. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I think we're gonna see uh, people locking in some rates. Um, all the I see all the the lenders out there doing you know TikToks and Instagram saying, "Hey, mortgage rates are down. This Jump is, in." Yeah. All right. So. Um. Yeah, we'll would see. be good. We'll see what uh, I would love to see showing times right now. Their their data look like. Oh yeah, that's a that's a good idea. Actually, we should hop on there and see yeah. what what foot traffic is looking like. And and would it have increased that quickly? Right, like this all just happened. Like, would how long would it take for buyers to kind of re-enter the marketplace? Yeah, I wish I had nerves of steel. I would I would have like a lot of these other banks that were um that are like mid mid sized banks, regional banks. They their their stocks got hammered and now they're all just back up right back up. You would have got <laughs> you would have like bought a bunch of stock in some of these regional banks. Um, man, made a lot of money in the last couple of days. Well, gold went way up. Yeah, did crypto? I was I have not crypto been following. Crypto's been yes on the move. Like yeah, it's, I mean, it's not it's it hasn't changed too much. <clears throat> so yeah, it went from like twenty twenty thousand twenty one thousand like twenty I think it's at twenty six thousand now. Bitcoin. Bitcoin, Bitcoin. Bitcoin. He's <laughs> trying to like beatbox that. Bit, 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 coin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it's definitely an interesting time. I think you add in all of the other macroeconomic uncertainties to this mix, and it just seems like the perfect storm for something kind of cataclysmic. Uh, but we will wait and see what happens. Uh, the Fed is meeting at the end of the month, and talk was before the collapse of SVB that they were going to raise rates, and it was going to be an aggressive rate raise. Uh, now, mm-hmm. it's kind of up in the air. There's and some people saying that they're not going to raise it at all. Goldman Sachs said that, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I think that they will. I think that they're at least going to raise by 25 basis points. Uh, inflation numbers came out today. The CPI rose ever so slightly, but as anticipated. So that's good news. Yeah. I think it's going to ultimately determine what, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm 
the mainstream media has the biggest influence, they do. And I think it's going to come down to what narrative is going to be pushed out. What, what, what information do they want the masses to get to? Is it everything's good, nothing to worry about? You know, I think that's what they said when they said they're going to backstop this bank. Yeah, or or they're going to be like, oh, hey, go bank run on your own bank. And then all of a sudden it causes all these other banks, you know, all of a sudden now they can't fulfill people taking out their money. There's a lot of people that think that's going to happen, but there's always different narratives, Mm, right? uh So we'll see. I think we'll know hopefully in the next, uh, by the end of the month, kind of what this, what this is going to look like. Yeah. Interesting. I was thinking about, okay, so you're a startup, like as as we are. Well, I'd consider ourselves a growth company at this point because we've been at this for a few years. However, you have your money in your bank, and a lot of these companies also had lines of credit. And so they may They're have banking had, on those. Right, exactly. They may have had a few million in the bank, which was great, but they may have also had, you know, several million in a line of credit and they were banking on those lines of credit to like keep payroll and to, to kind of get through these leaner times. And so I think that that is an interesting um, aspect and it's going to mm-hmm. be really interesting to see how that plays out. It's going to affect a lot of people. I agree. Our businesses. I agree. So well, when it comes to selling your home, Zillow and the Harris poll came out with a new survey that said that 84% of first home sellers regretted certain aspects of the home sale process. And so they surveyed them on what these regrets are. And I thought we could kind of unpack them and talk about how we can gain insights as to what we can do in our market so that our sellers don't have regrets when listing with us. Yeah. You guys ready to dive in? Yeah, I am. Okay, so number one. the number one regret that home sellers had was pricing their home incorrectly. 39% said that they wished they had set a higher list price. Oh. <laughs> wow. Well, that, doesn't, that doesn't surprise me. So this was a 2022 and 2021 home sellers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I see that. So, I see that. So they they the, the, they got bid up, and they probably thought, oh man, maybe if I would have put it higher, someone would have taken it. Maybe. Yeah. I, that I, that makes more. It's, I was I was like, now. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I was like, no. Was like, that makes more I mean, sense, most yeah. most home sellers want to chase the market, right? Because they don't know any better, and then sometimes the the agent's not able to educate them properly, or just sometimes it's like, all right, hey, we can do it, but let's reconvene after you know certain time period about that but yeah i mean i guess that makes sense i mean when you're well i think if you have a good product it's priced under or well you're gonna have more buyers wanting wanting the property so yeah if that i don't see why you would want to have it to price higher (laughs) well i you know we we know how sellers can be i mean we've had Remember, we've had a few where, like, the sellers wanted to increase prices. Like, it's on the market. It's not selling. And they're like, well, we should increase it. <laughs> like, hey. What's, it makes in. no sense. But, no, it's not hitting that uh, that that mark there. Right. The 400,000 mark. We need to bring up the 400,000. So yeah. there's more buyers up there, right? That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so, but one thing that I thought when, when I read this report and I looked at this data, I thought, wow, our cash plus offer really allows sellers to feel confident that they got the highest amount possible. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, especially if they don't want to deal with the process. I mean, everyone 
it's not always about the money, but at the same time, it's also always about the money because there's other factors into it than just that. But based on results, often harsh, always fair, the house is ultimately going to sell for the highest price possible based on its current condition if it's listed on the open market. So from that aspect, that's why the cash plus is so powerful because it's like, hey, we listed on the market. We found that most of the time owner occupant buyer who is going to be willing to pay you know the highest price possible based on market demand so mm-hmm. yep I, I agree i thought so too all right so regret number two was ignoring online curb appeal oh yeah is that, what does that and mean so what they Let's said was break that down nearly nine in ten sellers thought that something could have helped them get a higher sales price and two in five thought that better listing photos could have boosted their bottom line while one in four thought that a virtual tour could have helped them sell their home faster boom yeah that's why we do uh twilight photos of all the front the front makes it look so much better with the the fire in the sky <laughs> the, nice, the nice photoshop sunset, sunset. yeah Yeah, they they definitely, that that hit the nail on the head because it is all about online presence. That's where home buyers are going to first possibly meet their home. Right. If it looks like crap, even if it's a nice place, move on to the next. I'm the exact same way, unless I just knew something about that house. Uh It's got that picture of the the rear view mirror on the car. Like, (laughs) you can see the the, the part of of the the rear view mirror. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's or, terrible. Or, or the hand with the camera, but you can't see their face yeah. with the cell phone. <laughs> it's, it's amazing that you still see that these days. It, it's it. I and see. A lot, it, I too. see it less and less yes, than yes. than five to ten years ago. Of course. Yeah, but you s- still see the people in the mirror. You know, in the, in the I bathroom. Just, I, I think what <laughs> yeah. baffles me too, especially, and and not to say that every property should get the exact same type of um, pictures, right? And you shouldn't say one property but of course when higher end properties when they don't have them heck yeah i guarantee you it affects that yep 100 i yeah i agree okay so that was number that was regret number two regret number three and this one's super interesting was bad timing 25 percent wish they had listed their home at a different time it goes on to say that timing the sale of a home with the purchase of a new one is one of the biggest stressors for sellers nearly two out of five first-time sellers say selling their home on their timeline and or with a flexible closing date was a top priority. And that was more than the share of sellers who prioritized getting top dollar. And that is why the cash plus is king in our industry. <laughs> I know. I, I, I like want to hear what you guys have to say about king. this. King. Yes. Well, 100%. I mean, think about it just back in the day, right? Being more of a traditional listing agent. It was hard. You're like, oh gosh, hey, we'll try to Stressful. do our best, but we don't. You, even yeah, as an agent, the, you're like, they're, they're in a I can't predict the market. All ready to go. You know, like, is it fun? <laughs> it, yeah, it's the it, lender has like, you know, a, it they, is stressful. Clear to close, especially when you can't hit their timeline based on X Y Z circumstances. It is not fun. So yeah, if you if you have a product that you be able to completely avoid that still benefit from the open market and close on your timeline it's not just because it's something that we're a part of hands down this is the best product i've ever seen in the real this estate is the industry. worst conversation to have to a seller or a buyer of a, of a new property saying you're going to have to 
to take your eight dogs, your cat, and your two kids and stay in a hotel tonight, and we'll have to figure it out what's going on tomorrow. <laughs> I've That's, almost been there myself. I've been yeah, there. Yeah, we've been there. I've I, been there. Multiple it times. It's it's all all my shit in a moving truck, yes. and, and I didn't know if we were going to close, and I'm like, uh, oh, you personally <laughs> yeah, were there. You, you've oh. been there. I've, I've experienced it myself. It right? But this is this is this is back in the day before the the cash offer stuff was kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, Keith just said something that I want to double tap on, and he said that the Cash Plus is like the best product that he's ever seen for real estate, and I agree. It really is. It really gives the seller all the certainty and convenience of a cash offer, while still allowing them to benefit from the open market. So. That was such a good insight. All right, regret number four. So regret number four that home sellers had was skimping on repairs. And it said more than a quarter of sellers, 25%, think that they could have gotten a higher sales price if they had invested more in home improvements and repairs. Mm, what a concept. My house looks nice. I They're going to want it. Right before this podcast. So it's been crazy here at Zudelio. And Keith and Jason have been deep in final reviews of property acquisition. So kind of how it works is we work with partner buyers when the property kind of bubble up and offers are made and they're tentatively accepted, then a home inspector goes out and home inspector does their job. And we work with a wonderful company that just does amazing home inspections all across the United States. And then once that's done and the final review happens, uh, it's usually Keith and, and Jason that are part of that final review. And Right before this podcast, you guys are final reviewing several properties, and one in particular you showed me was just a, a mess. It was a mess. Yep. And I think of like all of these repairs that homeowners like forego, and they don't make these repairs, and then the, you got like disconnected plumbing under the house. Like one of them, the inspector wouldn't even go under the in the crawl space because there was a leak, a sewage leak. Uh, yeah bad uh, yeah, you know i guess that's it's really wild how common it is yeah yeah well because because people have the you know they, they 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 buy a house they're cash poor they have equity in the house that but equity is not going to make the repairs right right, right? they're gonna have cash to do it so um yeah i mean so we, we we do find a lot of property or have a lot of properties where there's where they're a big mess and we got to come in there and you know do the the 20 year maintenance that has been sitting there forever and yeah. and getting it ready for sale. But um, it, it's, it's either that or you sell it to a wholesaler or a flipper that is going to take, take a very deep, deep cut into your, into your profits. Way deeper cut. Uh, way deeper. Yeah. Cause it, cause they're gonna have to pay the, they're gonna have to pay to repair it. And, and then they're, they're, they're gonna have to, they're then, taking then, on the risk. They're, they're taking all the risk yeah. and, and all the time that that takes to repair it and all the cap, the, the time that, your capital's out while you're while the repairs are being done, and then you're after reselling it. So um, it's a bigger risk. So they want higher margins um, on those types of properties. Where as we can have them, you know, we can get the we can get the bids, get stuff uh, put together before we close. And right when it closes, the repairs are done, and we replace it on the market. It's um it's definitely a lot better than selling to a to a wholesaler or a flipper. <clears throat> yeah, that that's that's a really good point. I mean, that's Another beautiful thing, why the product is perfect for this market, any market really, but just being able to to list a property is to be able to improve it because then that will result based on whatever improvements, you know, the property selling for the highest price possible. 
But even in certain circumstances like that, let's just face the facts, might not make 100% sense to go and address all this stuff. What might make more sense is to make sure that the property is going to be purchased and priced accordingly with the market based on its condition and the fact that it would still be listed in that MLS, it's going to still be put out you know, to the maximum amount of, you know, buyer uh-huh. eyeballs. Uh-huh. And it probably will still sell for higher than selling to a flipper. Oh, yeah, I agree. 100%. Right, if you're on the yeah. open market, yes. And so- a lot of these flippers will just buy this, or the wholesalers, they'll, they'll buy the really crappy ones, they'll get it as deep as possible, and then they go try to find another another flipper to buy it yeah. and take a little chunk of it. So, um, yeah, mar- open market is always the, be- the, the, the best uh, concept. Agree. Well, those were the top four requirements regrets. I, I added a fifth regret and this was a selfish regret I added and that was home sellers wished that they could see all of their offers and options in one place. That's right. <laughs> That's like Kayla add, but I really believe that they need it. I guarantee you and um, if they get under contract on a property and they ended up finding out that they had other options, I guarantee you there's a little bit of regret. Oh yeah, uh-huh. 100%. Uh-huh. So, and it's becoming more common in, in in our market all across the country. So, I think that that is huge. If that if if that's not one now, it'll probably will be in the next couple of years. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Because if you if you do if you make a decision and you do something, but you didn't have all of the information to make that decision, then once you learn that you had other options, yeah, you're you're gonna you're gonna regret that. Hey, that's anything <laughs> in life. I, I just recently had some some car stereo stuff done and. I ended up discovering that they didn't give me all my options, and it was I was it was frustrating because I went to a, a different shop and got a second opinion. I'm like, okay, so it's just anything in life, right? We love options, variety. Right. That's the spice, spice of life. I agree. <laughs> I agree. So yeah, if you're listening and you're curious how Zudelio could help you and your business. Go to Zudelio.com, click the book a live demo. You can connect with one of our um one of our reps. We got James, we got Austin, we got Jeremy, we got a lot of cool people that would love to give you a one-on-one demo, show you how Zudelio works and how it can serve you in your business. All right, guys. And also make sure you like, subscribe, hit the little bell thing, right? Yeah. All yeah. those things. <laughs> yep. And and ask us some questions, you know. We we'd like to answer them. And we love haters, too. Remember that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> give give us your hate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys.